Hello and good morning everyone. Only positivity here. I have my coffee with me. Just kidding. I don't. I have with me a Raz Cranberry LaCroix, otherwise known as a sparkling bitch. Let's go and crack that open. Alrighty. So only positivity here today. I have my sparkling bitch with me, ready to kick off podcast number 80 on this playlist that I'm looking to launch called Elevated Thoughts. Now, before diving into the book and everything like that for today, let's go and start with the level set. So, you know, as I endeavor upon pursuing knowledge and life experience in this next phase of life through fitness, photography, reading, traveling, cannabis, many more things, one item that I've really formed is reading. So this podcast essentially goes through some of the books I've been reading as of late, taking those lessons learned and applying them to experiences in my life. So before diving into the last part of the Jordan Peterson book, um, let's go ahead and just like start with a little story. So nothing major, you know, to report here, but um, I did have a blast this past weekend. Um, I recorded a podcast with um, Shireen Curry and John, who is a special ed teacher and um, also one of my good friends. And we had a blast. It was so much fun. I learned so much about her career um, and it was just a fun night overall. Right. So got over there with my wife. Um, you know, uh, Shireen and I, you know, set up our podcast and everything like that. And Alyssa and Shireen's husband just kicked it for a little bit for about an hour while we were, we were doing our thing. And, you know, afterwards, um, the conversation itself was just like beautiful, you know, so fulfilling, so rewarding, got to hear a lot of good things. I learned a lot. Um, if you haven't listened to it, you should definitely go check it out. But, um, afterwards, you know, it was, it was just a good time with good people, right? You know, um, after we got done, you know, the four of us, we sat around, you know, just just round table, just laughing, telling stories, joking, no phones, no TV. And it was just a, like a wholesome interaction with good people, you know? And, um, you know, it's like super cliche, super cheesy, but when you're around good people, right, you don't need much else but company. So, um, we also went out to this amazing place called Farmhouse on North in Barrington, Illinois. My voice cracked. Um, it's called Farmhouse on North, and it's such a quaint place. It's actually it's a house, you know, that that they've turned into a restaurant. Um, such um, modern yet um, what do you call it? vintage architecture. Um, the food itself was amazing. I got um, duck breast, um, duck titties, and it it was delicious. Um, it was my first time trying duck, you know, it, it cut a lot like steak and it, it chewed a lot like steak, but, um, it was a little bit more gamey in nature, um, if you will. And, um, I, I loved it though. Um, there was like a bean, um, type of situation on the, on the right of the, of the duck. And it was, it was savory, but sweet at the same time. And it just went so well with a duck. And, um, on top of the duck, there was a spread that like puree like that, um, you know, it, it had some greens in there, like spinach, spinach or mint or something. So it gave it that like light, you know, plant like like taste. But it was also sweet. It must have had like a cranberry or something in there um, because it was a little bit sweeter as well. So they covered all the flavor profiles and all, and all the service was great. So, you know, we just had a good time. We were laughing. We were joking around a lot. Just having a blast, you know, just really, really good time. And I feel like we all take... Um, a little bit more care and a little bit more enjoyment and getting together nowadays because you know we there's always uh there's always this, this shit in the air right like you never know um what's gonna happen or when we're gonna get to see each other next so we're, we're making the most of these moments which i love you know but um in any case so we're gonna go back to the, the third and final part of jordan peterson's uh, 12 rules for life 
and you know I've been dragging ass on this podcast um you know maybe because I didn't enjoy the book that much it was a good read like don't get me wrong I loved it and I'm gonna go through it here um but it wasn't like my favorite read um and you know Jordan Peterson has a very interesting perspective on things I don't agree with all of them but I don't have to right I can just comment on what I read um and hopefully you know that generates some some food for thought for you all if you're listening out there let me grab a sip and we'll dive in Alrighty, so the so rule number nine. We're gonna go through rules nine through twelve today. Rule number nine: Assume that the person you are listening to might know something you don't. Assume that the person you are listening to might know something that you don't. Now, I was just talking to this, talking to my wife about this today. You know, when when you let's say in your corporate career, you know, I always come back to some of these like big corporate douches I know, you know, because they just need the most work, I think, on their emotional intelligence. So, you know, I, you know, when you get into a conversation with someone and, um, you know, someone, let's say like a corporate tycoon, even in or outside of work, right? You know, once they get out of the realm of being this like director or, you know, having oversight or giving direction, it's hard for them to chat sometimes about normal things because they're so used to giving orders, right? And, you know, that that curbs you from learning a lot because, you know, you know, speaking, going back to my conversation with Shireen and even, you know, Henry McGinnis, who's a Broadway actor now, um, or even DJ Crush um, and some of the other guests I plan to discuss um, their, their, you know, their lives with, it's... I wouldn't, if I was, like, if I thought I knew everything about life, right, I would not be able to learn what they've taught me, right? Um, Learn to love your life, learn to love what you do, learn to, like, do things with passion, um, knowledge share, things like that. I would never have learned those things. Um, Not to say if I didn't converse with those people, but if I didn't embark upon this journey to open myself up, I wouldn't learn things. So I I always assume that someone out there might know something I don't, because that's 100% true. Um, and the first quote in this rule, in this chapter, is that psychotherapy is a genuine conversation. And I don't realize, I don't, I don't think people realize that, you know, therapy is about honesty, right? And in general, right, whether it's with your wife or your best friend or yourself even, there should be someone you can be honest with and you can not filter things through um, because otherwise, you know, you, you're living a lie, right? You're, you're, you're putting down your emotions and you're, you're putting them under your thumb and you're repressing them. And they may manifest themselves later in, in a way that's not, you know, not pleasurable or um, not a good time, you know? So we jump to the next one. When you're involved in a genuine conversation, you're listening and talking, but mostly listening. When you're in, involved in a genuine conversation, you're listening and talking, but mostly just listening. Now, I recently podcasted with my brother um, on the Anjaya Mahabharata by Devdutt Patnaik, which is, you know, a really good book, aside from if you're religious or not. You know, I'm not religious, and I read that book, and it was really eye-opening to me. And, you know, my brother said was, you know, podcasting is really hard, you know? And, you know, he, he's like, it's, it's tough because you have to respond in the moment, but you have to listen in the moment, and you have to come back to topics that were mentioned prior, and it's just like a mental exercise all at the same time. And I was like, it, that's so true, man, and that's what con- conversation should be, right? It should never be selfish until you have a platform to really just talk about yourself, right? Um, you know, a lot of times we try to do things to relate back to our experience, but that can diminish somebody else's problems, you know? Like, are you truly being objective? Are you truly being there? Are you truly listening? Or are you already drumming up your response? Are you already drumming up your narrative, you know? And to, to have a genuine conversation, it requires 
more listening and, and critical thinking on the fly, right? And that's something that we should pivot through. You know, we should develop that skill is thinking on the fly. And that's why I like to podcast because it forces me to communicate respectfully, right? I'm doing, I do my best not to control the conversation, not to always talk about myself, um, to genuinely hear somebody else, how they felt about the situation. Because you realize people sometimes don't know how to do that. They don't know how to just, you know, talk about themselves, you know, and, and that's okay. You, you know, sometimes it's on us to pull that out of them too. So we hop off that quote, quote, go to the next one. Listening is paying attention. Listening is paying attention. All right. Now it's tough enough just to listen to somebody. And it's tough not to jump in and discuss how your experience relates, right? I was just talking about that. Now, listening forces you to be a better person and more selfless, right? For so long, like, for example, growing up, you know, um, and I always relate to my own experiences, you know, I I never really liked a lot of the traditions that I grew up with, you know, and, um, you know, my, my parents never asked me and that's for better for, or for not for better or for worse, right? They didn't know any better. They just did what, you know, they thought was best. So, but I didn't like those things, but nobody stopped to ask me, you know, my brother was really good at a lot of things, you know, he liked um, a lot of the traditional things like that and growing up that way, but it wasn't for me. And I think that was a good practice for me and lessons learned when I did my deep dives and peeled back layers on my childhood is to say that, you know, everyone has their own personal set of variables that's going to bring the best out of them. And you have to try to find that and you have to try to understand what they like and don't like. And they might not be direct about it um, because of various outside pressures. And you have to truly just get at what that person needs. You know, recently <laughs> my my mother, uh, my mother-in-law needed, needed like a, a new computer. We were in conversations about a new computer and um, she didn't know quite what she wanted, right? And so I was trying to get a gauge of her needs. You know, what are you, what are you going to do with this? You know, are you going to like be typing a lot? Are you going to um, be sending a lot of emails from it? Or are you just trying to like watch videos and do that type of, type of situation, you know? And it was a ladder, right? But I found that out through listening. You know, I, I heard what she wants to do with it. And it turns out maybe an iPad, it's just something she needs. Now, that's such a, a worldly example, you know, but it's a small thing. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at it. I'm working on it all the time. But um, it's something that I just like, you know, like to do. I got to listen. You know, I like to hear stories. I like to hear people who are older than me. I like to hear their stories because they have a breadth of knowledge that's just probably inspiring to all of us. Okay. So we go to the next quote. Alcohol temporarily lifts the terrible burden or self-consciousness from people. Alcohol temporarily lifts the terrible burden or self-consciousness from people. Now, you ever meet someone who is deathly, deathly afraid to reflect, right? They're afraid to just acknowledge anything in their past that might have been right or wrong. And they'll often use a substance to like open up a little bit, right? They might be very antisocial when they're sober and then a few drinks might loosen them up. And that's a, you know, there's no, there's no stigma around that, right? Um, because, you know, people joke about that. That's, you know, that's common water cooler talk. And on a side, it's, it's totally unacceptable to say that about weed, right? Like, oh, and you just smoked a joint and did this, right? No, but you can definitely say like, oh, he had a few drinks and he opened up and everyone will laugh, right? But in any case, <laughs> that's a side. So a lot of I immigrant parents, you know, especially in the South Asian culture, I think have this kink, right? They... They have this inability to ever acknowledge a fault, something that went wrong. And which is why I think many of them turn to substance abuse because it gives them the confidence they need to speak openly, 
right? Um, because they hold a lot in. And this is all hypothesizing, right? I don't have any facts, like any data behind this. It's just my observations. So we hop off that quote, go to the next. Thinking is rare, just like true listening is. Thinking is rare, just like true listening is. Now, you know, I'll often leave a lot of my hangouts feeling like a little off, you know, and, and I'll be, I'll be in awe of how tough it can be to just have genuine conversation that isn't about the most recent sports or the most recent TikTok video or the most recent political debacle, right? And those are all good things to talk about. I guess we should all be caught up on current events and whatnot. But, you know, fulfilling conversation to me these days is talking about life, right? Talking about methodologies and ideas and um, directions for life and, you know, what, what, what types of lessons are being learned. Um, and I'm not saying the other stuff is bad, man. Like I watch soccer, you know, highlights like every single day and I like to talk about it with people. And if you get me talking about soccer, I'm going to, I'm going to definitely go on a full tangent. So don't get me wrong, but you know, I challenge us all to think deeply and like talk deeply and, you know, not just scratch the surface on like fashion and things like that, even though those are great topics, right? I challenge us to just go a little deeper. And I think everyone, I think you guys know what I mean, you know? Um, so next quote, thinking requires you to be an articulate thinker and a careful judicious listener at the same time. Thinking requires you to be an articulate thinker and a careful judicious listener at the same time. Now, you have to be able to tolerate conflict with negotiation and also compromise, right? You can't be impulsive. You can't shoot off at the mouth. These are some of the main reasons that I used to I used to really love Joe Rogan, right? Like Joe Rogan's a swole guy, he could probably kick anybody's ass, right? But he was always like this calm person that could, you know, let things bounce off of him, let let some comments slide off of him, and he could go through to the point, right? And recently, you know, like he's kind of gone off and you know done his own thing and got a little crazier. But you know, support my guy Joe. Um, and one thing is to give and take. And, and just adjust your thoughts, right? Like, you you can give some advice, right? But but don't do that at the at the start, start unless somebody asks you, right? But you can give some input, taking that stimuli that someone's saying, adjust your thoughts to it, understand why that person's saying that, go into it a little bit deeper, and maybe you'll find out something that you didn't know before, right? Read body language and tone and understand your audience, right? Sometimes someone's tone can, can tell you all that you need to know about it, right? Can tell you that there's something deeper at bay or at hand. So in any case, next quote. You can be pretty smart if you just shut up. You can be pretty smart if you just shut up. Now, I've met so many people that just love to hear their voice. And that's okay. You know, I love a lot of these people too, you know? But, you know, I go back to my, my some of my old vice presidents and old corporate leaders, you know? And as soon as you are, you know, someone who might be a smart person in the room, right? Just like some, some, some inklings of being smart, this guy would shut you down, right? He would just start being the only person that talks. One time I even asked him, right? He, he was constantly getting on everyone for their presentation skills. And I go, hey, man, can you show me how you present? Or what do you do to present, like to prep for a presentation? And he goes, you know, I just have so many years of experience that you don't have. And that's, and that's about it. And I go, hmm, I guess I learned, a, I can take a lot from that, you know, like, what the fuck, you know, but in any case, um, 
But like long story short, super high level, super cheesy, you can't learn anything different if you if you can't shut up, right? Because you're just going to keep saying what you already know. Now, the last quote for this chapter is going to be, I routinely summarize what people have said to me and ask them if I've understood them properly. I routinely summarize what people have said to me and ask them if I've understood them properly. Now, this is a good practice, right? And I learned that in the corporate world, you know, when you get into a conversation, give them some background, right? Give them the objective and do some takeaways. Now, if you ask someone if you understood what they said, I personally feel that's a sign of respect, right? Like, do I have what you said correctly? And if I'm off, make sure make sure I'm there, right? Make sure I understand exactly what you want so I can make your vision come to light. Now, you know, in in any sort of situation, you don't want anything to fall through the cracks, right? Even with your friends, with your coworkers, anyone. You want to make sure you get them. You want to make sure that, you know, the next time you connect, there's going to be an update to share and it's going to be something based off the understanding of this current conversation, you know? And if you don't understand it, why not ask, right? Why not at least ask a question, right? There's no shame in, you know, saying, hey, I might be a little unclear on this one, you know? And, you know, what, what, what I think, you know, this rule comes up with at the end is... Are you listening without judgment, right? Because if you're judging, you're not going to learn, right? You're just going to constantly be throwing your opinion into the mix and it's going to become about something completely different. It's going to become an argument. Now, are you listening without judgment and are you listening wholeheartedly? Like, are you truly trying to understand or is something that this person's saying, you know, you know, getting you put off right away? Food for thought. So we go to our next rule. Rule number 10, be precise in your speech. Now, this reminds me of Don Miguel Ruiz with one of his four agreements, be impeccable with your word, right? So first quote, we must be precise in our aim. Otherwise, we drown in the complexity of the world, right? So I think articulation is really good. And I have so much work to do. That's why I read a lot to enhance my vocabulary and really make sure that not only with my words, but my body language and my, my eye contact, that I, I'm trying to get through to a person. I'm trying to let them know that I hear you and I understand you. And there's so many nonverbal cues that, that you do to someone that can really impact the conversation, right? Now, you, you and I are simple, right? Like you and I are, are simple beings, and that's a good way to be. And Jordan Peter says, you and I are simple only when the world behaves. Now, when things break down, all those things that have been ignored rush in. Now, one thing that is a little bit darker is death, right? People don't acknowledge death, okay? Now, when the world doesn't behave the way you want through, to through a death, have you acknowledged it? Because if you haven't acknowledged it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt, man. It's going to be um, frantic. It's going to be something that is um, out of your control, you know? And one thing to note here, too, is are we all friendly when things are going smooth, now, you know, there's one story I'll tell you about is like, you know, there was a buddy of mine who, um, you know, we were out and about and we had, we had rented a car somewhere, right? And we had rented this car and, you know, um, right away there was some, some kind of ding habit to it when my buddy was driving, you know, and, um, you know, it's all good. It kind of, kind of puts a damper on the day. And then we go back, we're headed to the rental car company a few days later, right? And my buddy's getting nervous. He's like, I'm about to take this hit, you know, I'm about to take a big hit. So he gets over and, and the rental car agent's kind of looking at the scratch and he's trying to assess it. My buddy's getting real short with him, getting real pissy with him, man. And I'm just like, hmm, this is interesting. 
So right, right. So the guy's checking it out, checking it out, checking it out. And my buddy's getting so impatient, super rude. And um, the guy goes, you know what? Y- y'all are good. Go ahead. You know, we'll take care of it. And then all of a sudden, my buddy changes. He becomes like the ambassador of the, you know, like diplomatic. He's like, you know, I love you, man. This is awesome. Put his arm around him. And I'm like, you know what, man? All right. I observe this. So a, a true example is like when things are going smooth, you know, my dude is the Pope. When things are going bad, you know, he, he's a totally different person sometimes, right? So, um, you know, for better or for worse, right, you you have to um, really, really understand some of the things that could happen, right? Because if something bad happens and you all your morals and your values and your structure breaks down, then it wasn't really there in the first place, was it, right? Now, we'll hop off that quote and jump to the next one. Chaos emerges in a household bit by bit. Mutual unhappiness and resentment pile up. Chaos emerges in a household bit by bit. Mutual unhappiness and resentment pile up. Now, this is a, a true statement, right? I, I think it's one of the truest statements I've ever read. And there's usually a straw that breaks the camel's back, right? And that's like the tipping point or the breaking point. Um, but, you know, in relationships, this is a big one, right? And one one example is that, you know, whenever, you know, my wife or I are having some kind of, we're off, right? We definitely give each other our space, but we address that concern right away. Even if it's something as small as leaving the dish out, you know, um, we address it because it's those type of things that can pile up over time. Oh, I'm just gonna let this one go. Oh, I'm just gonna let this one go. And then something comes up over time. So we try to triage everything, um, not in the moment, but we do bring it up and talk about it. And again, we're not perfect at it. We're trying, you know, we're trying to be better, but communication is key, you know? And this goes into the next quote really smoothly because communication requires admission of things like resentment, terror, loneliness, hatred, and boredom, right? Communication requires admission of things like resentment, terror, loneliness, hatred, and boredom. Now, communicating about your positive feelings is always packaged in like, you know, a bright light. But expressing that you are bored or feel resentment or terror or any of these negative emotions can sting when you communicate them to someone that especially you care about or and that cares about you but you know take away the sting of it and understand and appreciate the communication in a mature way you know if i were to go to my wife and be like you know what i feel i feel like out of it today you know and that's me communicating to her that i'm having a bad day i'm not having a good day and like you know i might not be as like lovey-dovey as i normally am or as jovial as I, i normally am and i'm entitled to that but I don't want her thinking that, you know, it's it's about her. You know, this is just me today, you know. And if it is about her, let's talk about that, right? And, you know, fights themselves are, are good, right? If the goal of them is peace, right? Like, we all, you know, life isn't going to be easy 24-7. There's going to be some road bumps, some speed bumps along the way. But you have to address them head on, you know. Like, But the goal is solutions, right? be solution oriented and things like that. And you know why why would you ever refuse to investigate a solution any further, right? Sometimes when when people fight they're like, "Oh man, we're fighting the night's ruin." But no, it can be like a quick little thing. Um and then after that, you've quickly learned how to problem solve, right? Don't be afraid to dive deep. Don't be afraid of what you might encounter when you do your introspection or when you, you know, evaluate a relationship. It's really fun to work through if you have a positive mind about it, right? Um so we'll hop off of that quote and we'll go into um, rule number 11. Rule number 11. Do not bother children 
when they are skateboarding. Now, this is an interesting one. I think it's a little bit too um, how about it? it's a little bit too outlandish for me. You know, it's 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 like it's a little bit on out there. But um, the first quote in this chapter is: "The kids weren't trying to be safe; they were trying to be competent, and it's competence that makes people as safe as they can truly be." So the kids weren't trying to be safe; they were trying to be competent, and it's competence that makes people as safe as they can truly be. Now, this is a classic story of, do you protect your kids or do you let them experience the world for themselves? Now, I'm going to use an example of Crash Bandicoot um, or Donkey Kong. And these are games that you learn as you go, right? You don't learn until you make that mistake. Now, no one wants to be Crash Bandicoot or Donkey Kong because they literally fall to their death or catch on fire or something, right? But within a controlled environment, do you let somebody make their own mistakes, you know? Um, And I think yes. Because if if you keep kids in, they're going to find a way, right? There's going to be a point where they get out of the house and they're going to fend for themselves. But are you going to give them the tools that they need to be successful adults? Or are you just going to shelter them, right? Classic example, right? Alcohol, drugs, girls, sex, all this stuff. Never gone over with me as a kid. Now, I got older. You know, I learned for myself, like, what to do. Luckily, I didn't make any major mistakes. But... Um, I had no tool set. I tried to talk to people about it and I just couldn't find anybody, you know? So now what I'm trying to do is be that somebody for anybody, right? For any young person or anybody in general who doesn't know what to do. I'm not saying I have the answer for you, but I, I might have a tool set for you to like try to understand it, try to know, try to figure it out, take charge, you know? But anyway, we'll hop off that quote. People, including children, don't seek to minimize risk. They seek to optimize it. People, including children, don't seek to minimize risk. They seek to optimize it, right? Now, what I'll say is to obtain the life you want, you have to take risks. It's not how much risk you want to take, but it's about how much risk you want to take and how much you're going to pull out of that risk, right? So risk is thrill, but how much are you going to pull out of it, right? How much are you going to, how much are you going to take that, let's say we call it, 50% risk, right? But how much you, how much of that 50% risk are you going to make um, worth your while? Are you going to make work for you? Now, I'll put some, you know, pen to paper on that, you know? So for me, you know, as I made my way up the corporate structure, I realized there was a certain point that I didn't want to go past because after that, your life becomes infringed upon, right? You have to work late hours, got to manage people. For me, that mix was becoming an individual contributor without any reports and making kind of the most money and the most work-life balance with that, right? Now, the most money wasn't the only goal. Work-life balance was a goal as well. So then I bring my salary down so I can have that work-life balance go up, right? So there's a there's a mark, and once you get into it, you evaluate your financial situation, um, what you spend, like, you know, things like that. What are your goals in life? And you put, you put that to work, right? You, you understand how much risk you need to take, how much of your time you're going to give away for this reward um, currently and, in, and down the future, you know? So if anyone wants to talk to me more about that, let me know. I'm happy to hop on a podcast with that. It's hard to talk, you know, with just myself on that. So we go to the next quote. If you cannot understand why someone did something, look at the consequences and then infer the motivation. If you cannot understand why someone did something, look at the consequences and then infer the motivation. 
Now, this is why I love psychology, because it's all critical thinking, right? It's, it's not rote. It's not memorization. It forces you to deep dive. Now, some people work hard because they love what they do. Now, others work hard to continuously keep up with the Joneses or buy the next thing. And some people work hard because hard work can be rewarding. But look at the consequences of everyone's hard work and then infer that motivation, right? Look at their look at their materialistic items. Look at their personality. Look at their intangibles. You know, just take a look at that full picture and try to try to make a hypothesis on it. Why not? So, the 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 next quote we'll go over here is that who decided anyway that a career is more important than a love and family? Who decided anyway that a career is more important than love and family? Now. In my opinion, right, financially speaking, you need money and you need to have a surplus, right? You need to be coming up on, on top every month. Um, and it's always going to be a good thing, right? In my opinion, you don't need to do that, but I think those are that's a good thing. But love and companionship are infinitely more valuable than having a successful career, in my opinion, right? I'm not saying that's a matter of fact. But if you don't think that, evaluate your friend group, evaluate the people around you and the love. Because... When you dive into your relationships, you lean into them, and it, it happens, you know, in, in kind. It's it's something I can't even put words into. It's just like a life goal. I feel fulfilled. I feel like I could die easy, you know? Now, money doesn't seem to improve lives once there's enough to keep the bill co collectors away. That's a quote. Now, that's a law of diminishing returns, right? Once you are able to provide for yourself, each incremental increase in financial income brings less and less happiness. Now, I experienced that personally, right? Once I was able to come up every month, I realized that more money meant more work. And as long as I have time to spend with the, my loved ones and money to travel, I'm good to go. You know, life is simple. So we hop off that quote and go to our last quote. Now, that quote is, oh, sorry, last rule. The last rule is rule number 12. Pet a cat when you encounter one on the street. Pet a cat when you encounter one on the street. Now, I really don't know how that relates to everything I'm about to go through, but you know, we'll, we'll figure that out as we go along. So, what can truly be loved about a person is inseparable from their limitations. What can truly be loved about a person is inseparable from their limitations. Classic quote. We should all love each other for what we are, but also what we are not. Right? We can drive ourselves crazy thinking about what someone could be. But, Shireen... And I even talked about this too. You have to love people for where they're at. You have to provide a catered experience. Now, when you love someone, it's not despite their limitations. It's because of their limitations. Now, that's straight out of a chick flick or a, a rom-com, right? But I go back to my best friends and my wife even, right? With people, you know, we, we tend to want to expedite a relationship and become best friends right away. But that's not necessary at all. You know, let things grow over time. Don't force anyone to move quicker than they'd like. Meet them where they are. Be in it for the long haul with those you love. Realize who they are. Learn about them as if they were something you were truly interested in and, and who they aren't, right? Emotional intelligence. Now, the older generation wasn't taught this at all or any type of self-care, really. So how could I expect anything on that front? So... Growing up, you know, I would set up, you know, false expectations for myself if I thought, you know, my parents were going to be someone that, that they weren't. And um, 
as I got older, I realized that. I realized that, dude, you know, they were never those people. So why are you trying to make them into something that they're not? You know, just love them for who they are and what they did for you, you know? Now, um, the last thing I'll say is, do you want to be right or do you want to have peace? Do you want to be right or do you want to have peace? Now, to choose to seek peace you've decided that you want the answer more than that more than you want to be right right you you want to learn more than you want to establish domain here and you know the one thing to to take away here and like i briefly touched on it and i'll leave with you know people sacrificed immensely right they have sacrificed everything they put their lives on the line to bring about what we have now and we should go out into the world with some respect for that fact right so before we look to, you know, um, problem solve and before we look to, you know, critique, let's just be appreciative for what we have and everything that came before us. And that's super cheesy. But in any case, that's all I got for you guys today. I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. Feel free to leave me any feedback. And remember, only positivity. Thanks, guys.